0: Want to be a CEO? It's a tough mountain to climb. I'm finding out how to get there and what to do once you make it to the top. I'm Michael Thompson and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. We're joined again this week by a very special guest on the podcast. We'll introduce him again in just a moment. First, of course, Philip Levinson, CEO, CEO mentor, and author of Three Peaks Leadership How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond. Lev, g'day. G'day, Michael. So we are joined once again by our special guest this week, Rear Admiral Lee Goddard, who's had a very distinguished career in the Navy and is now working, of course, with the Mindaroo Foundation in a leadership role, working for the Fire and Flood Resilience Initiative. Rear Admiral Lee Goddard, welcome back to Three Peaks Leadership.
1: Thank you for letting me join you this morning. Is there anything in your in your training that will allow business to learn how to Lead and manage according to the principles and traditions of defence service. Look, our
2: training conditioning um, is not unique anymore, and it's got you know parallels with you know growing a CEO or growing a manager. I guess 30 years ago it may have been different because you know we were um, deep selecting junior officers to be future admirals, generals. So there was a path; it was almost a linear path the way once upon a time the CEO of a bank. But now we, um, we have different programs, but one thing I was exposed very early, of course, was leading men and women at the age of 21. Yes. They're literally going, leaving, leaving the military academy and within you know, a year you know, be responsible for 45 people, some who had, you know, 30, 40 years' work experience. So I think that really throws you in the deep end, and I think every opportunity you have, be thrown in the deep end and, and experience. Be, I mean, don't ever do it at the detriment of the people that, you know, you're not experimenting with people you're leading as an organisation, but give people exposure to leadership, mentoring, followership you know, roles as early as practical. Give them a safe space, let them make mistakes, as long as it's safe and it's not the detriment of the people. We so said it's not an experiment that's allowing you know, the, the, uh, the development. One thing I think, in terms of um, what we do, I think, well in defense and in, you know, is actually really understand our mission, our purpose, and understand our values and how we behave, and of those values. And the ability to really reflect on those. And when you're making decisions at the end of the day or end of the meeting, you need to take the time and not in a back way of saying, isn't it good? And you know, kind of, you know, virtuously signaling we you know, acted in accordance with our values. Probably do it the opposite. You know, be frank and saying, we didn't act in accordance with these values today. And yeah, it's, it's not that it's okay. But the reality is, you know, if you have, say, 10 values in your company or five values, I can guarantee you at some point during the day, you will not act absolutely in accordance with your values. You just need to recognise it, not overcorrect it, and just be really frank as, you know, and and in particular how you intend to behave and cause those values. Have mechanisms. The other thing, of course, is to have, you know, we've all got blind spots. Have somebody near you, you trust as a confidant, who actually will tell you that you have blind spots you're not acting with values. You know, as as a commanding officer, you know, you've seen it firsthand, Phil, you have a warrant officer on board and that warrant officer partly is a go between you and the men and women on board. Partly it's actually your confidant who tells you, you know, Captain, sir, you told a whole lot of jokes today, but you actually, they were laughing, but you actually weren't funny. You know? <laughs> so, or uh, you know, Captain, sir, you thought you were communicating this way. This is actually how it's received. Or Captain, sir, you talked about this value, but to be frank... I don't think you acted as well on that value yesterday as you portrayed when you were talking about it. I think that's really important. None of us are perfect, but to have mechanisms in place, you know, especially with your blind spots.
0: Just on on that and on those behaviours and the importance of having somebody to to point those out, Lee, throughout your career, I know that there is almost a respect for authority that, that's kind of in, innate within, within the military, but... Did you see behaviours in in other leaders that challenged that respect, that made it hard for people to to respect them? A- and I suppose when you when you see those behaviours in other leaders, do you have a responsibility to try and call them out and to try and to try and change them? Absolutely.
2: And the worst behaviour I've seen throughout my career, whether it be military or in business, is entitlement. Yeah, you know, the behaviour around entitlement, and you've we've all guilty of it, you know, at times. And actually, uh, and you've got to make sure you're called on it. And um, you know, this is about keeping your ego intact and actually and having the ability to call others on it as well. It, you know, I always try and get junior people in front of me and saying, I need you, you to give me 360-degree feedback, which is really interesting, you because know, it can either go two ways. One way, they don't say anything, or two, they really give it to you. So, so, and that then you really fun. regret it. But um, <laughs> yeah. but having mechanisms in place like that, or, or I've had captains, you know, the same experience as well. So I think that's really important, that safe place. And also, you know, having confidence you know, uh, who've actually during the middle of a little meeting start telling you you're not behaving accordance with the value, but have the ability five minutes after meeting to either send you like one email. And actually, and sometimes it's positive. I've had texts of people, you know, saying you talked about this value and you really acted like it today, or you talked about this value. I don't think you and the team are acting like that because of this, you know, and having safe ways to do that. When I say safe, that you actually will receive it very well. So, yeah, but I think that's one behavior, entitlement. The other one, of course, is uh, related to is actually ego across the values too. Remember, ego is not a bad thing, it's just how you use it. And actually, again, it comes, you know, and, and you know, across those behaviors, making sure that you understand your own ego, which is actually being promulgated through those behaviors as well. Humility and leadership is really important there's no doubt about it but sometimes you do need to be direct you do need to be forward and you do need to you know lead the way. and that can be perceived differently
1: that's very interesting because humility the the ceo role is often described as a balance between humility and omnipotence yeah you are expected to lead but you're also expected not to not to come across as entitled or giving direct orders and in fact in one of the um Podcasts that we've done, we mentioned one of the surprises of leadership and you have seen it in the book being you can't give an order. And, and the times, and again, I have been inspired by the actions of people like yourselves who I've witnessed in the Navy, but the times as a result of that I've given direct orders are very, very, very infrequent and giving a direct order without a real purpose uh, has been quite costly. In terms of uh, staff morale, in terms of you're a micromanager, so there are, there is that balance between having to take control at some point. The word the word in in the ear of the nav on the bridge, you know, this is this is what now needs to happen, versus the inclusive and collective decision making. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Look, um. I think orders is. I mean, obviously, in, in the defence, con- we actually sometimes do need to give you know, formal orders. But of course, it's the way you deliver those orders, which is yes. really, uh, um, and, and how they are received. You probably see me firsthand, Lear, But It's when you become a say captain of a warship, you do want to be inclusive. You do want to have those attractive qualities rather than those powerful qualities, you know, which actually, you know, uh, but people want to follow you. But at times, I found, especially uh, at sea and in you know, the most demanding situations, you have to be very uncompromising Yes. and very direct. And people know and respect that as well. I mean, you know, may have seen it firsthand in some of the, you know, some of the uh, operations we've done at sea, say so boarding party operations, you know, with very high stress. It uh, could be um, groups coming from overseas and you're stopping them from coming to Australia. That isn't the time to be giving suggestions and tummy tickling and, uh, you know, being just encouraging. It's probably the time to be very direct. The situation is dangerous. It's emotive. It's stressful. You debrief in a very comforting, inclusive and encouraging way. You pre-brief in a comforting, encouraging, you know, inclusive way. But at the moment when the actual decisions need to be made, no one will thank you for not being direct and uncompromising at that particular moment. So it's a balance as well yeah. uh, that you need to, you know. And the, the only other thing as well is um, i talked about having confidence and giving you feedback. I would often tell my people at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm probably going to be tired. You've just woken me up kind of the bridge. You've still got to give me what I need, not what I want. What I want is the perfect answer and I can go back to bed. What I need is actually the truth. It's not going well. I need you to stay up here, Captain. O. I need you to help me start making decisions. I may bite initially. I'm grumpy. I'm tired. But uh, give me one minute. And I can assure you, then I realize that was unnecessary to bite. I need to, we need to work together. And I think that's the other thing. Working with teams as a CEO, the more your team generally think that you're going to value add every time you talk to them and that you're part of the solution and you actually you know, reaching out is a really good thing you know rather than this barrier or hierarchy you know it's just the uh, the return again on um, on that kind of environment is is quite significant you know I, I had very junior officers uh, on the bridge with me and I would like to think they always thought that everything we did on the bridge was always the team rather than actually as a
0: captain subordinate relationship
1: wow what a great image to take into the business community
0: uh, how hard is it to to be okay with not wanting to be liked by everybody in a leadership role, whether it is in a naval leadership role or in a corporate leadership role. Lev, I'm paraphrasing here, but there is a story in your in your book about, I think it was a, an executive officer when you were doing your, your training and a, a former nurse and she walked in and said, and I'm definitely paraphrasing this because I, I think it needs to be cleaned up a little bit. It was, nobody here likes me and I don't care. You just have to do it do what you're told. And she was clearly comfortable with not being liked. How hard is it to separate that that desire to be friends with people, to be liked, and to know when you need to be basically obeyed? Yeah,
2: okay. I think in a very – and Australia, by the way, has a, uh, a style of leadership, and being liked is not part of our Australian style of leadership. You know, being um, considered a leader of a team – reliable, a mate when you need it, you know, need to be, and uh and somebody who's trusted is far more powerful than being liked. And by the way, all those things I just talked about doesn't necessarily mean you have to be liked. It's just I said it's not the Australian way. It is yeah, I talk about success as a captain and um you know and, and success a captain for me is not that you're the most popular captain. Far from it. You know you've got you've got a team that is the best it can be. You know, you've got a team that is professional, the team that's engaged, that's inclusive, and you've got a captain who basically is at the head of this fantastic team. And when you walk down the passageway, you don't want your sailor saying, that's the captain and I either like him or not. You just simply want to say, that's my captain and he's the leader of my team. My captain is far more powerful than being liked so that engagement. I've worked with plenty of captains that I haven't particularly liked every day. But my goodness, they've taught me a lot and they've been fantastic leaders. And, you know, and I owe them a great deal in terms of uh, the way they've mentored me and been example. And to tell you what, even though I may not like them every day, behind the scenes, they have done things for me, both professionally and personally, uh, without virtuously signaling it. I think that's, that's really what, what counts. So I think, so the sales whoever's work for me, whether they like me or not, I think it's a bit irrelevant. Where, and of course, they'll remember me not by what I've achieved or, but they'll remember about how I achieved the things that I achieved.
1: And that's really important. So, so you're moving on to the next phase of your career, which is at the and beyond, you know, how to make it as a CEO and beyond. Tell us a little bit about how you're, transitioning out of a a quite a rigid environment into the corporate world at a very senior level. Let's
2: say my third career, Lev, I was a trolley boy and then I was um, (laughs) Navy for 34 years and, of course, now I'm uh, with the Mindaroo Foundation. Look, of course, you need to adjust. You know, it's a different structure, it's a different uh, pace, it's it's different personalities, a different uh, culture as well. But the reality is, um, you know, we're in 2021. The Navy of 1990 is not, you know, there's a lot of things which are the same, our traditions and principles and our, you know, our purpose. But the Navy of 2021 is different as well. So, so I mean, there's we're always continually adjusting anyway. Look, I'm I'm um, I'm really enjoying it, in, in many ways, you know, uh, service and adventures. What I joined the Navy for, I'm seeing the same through through Mindaroo as well, which is great, and I'm, I'm feeling very well supported by my. Previous defence career as I transition and, and and being welcomed into the fold in this you know, impact philanthropy you know, commercial environment.
1: Great. Well, congratulations on that role and and uh, thank you very much, Rear Admiral Lee Goddard, for being on the show today. Um, I look forward very much to catching up with you soon and um, have really appreciated your insights. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Phil, and thanks to the team. It's always uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. And um, you, know, um, you know, talking about leadership and, and mentoring, and and um, you know, and potentially how we can share some of our experiences is um, is actually really enjoyable. So, thank you.
1: Great, not at all
0: that was rear admiral lee goddard that wraps up this episode of three peaks leadership i know i say it every week but make sure you have hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform so that you get a new episode every sunday morning and if you haven't picked up your copy yet of three peaks leadership how to make it as a ceo and beyond jump onto booktopia dimmix amazon anywhere basically that you can order books uh, to order it today i'm michael thompson and this is three peaks leadership with philip levinson
1: thank you michael